Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the Trials Gear 4 gear updates. This was in a TWAB a couple of weeks ago. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. I'm probably live right now when these hit the feeds. You can come on in and hang out. If you're looking for the full audio podcast versions with Q&A included, you can look for SNTR Presents on any of the uh, podcast platforms to find it. And if you're on YouTube, hit like, share, subscribe, and the bell button does help me out. I have alerts turned off in these segments on Twitch, but somebody just went crazy, so I do have to thank them. Uh, Fat Rabbit Remix give it, gifting 50 subs. That's a second big sub bomb today. That is so, so generous. Thank you for doing that and getting to disrupt my intro of my video. I appreciate you. So I'm going to walk through what they said. This was from Luke Smith a couple of weeks ago in the TWAB about their commitment for Trials Gear in year four as well as beyond what they want to do so this is not like theory this is actual stuff that they're going to do with the trials loot and then uh, adept weapons is the second part of my talk they you know they may they make mention of adept weapons and then i want to ask at the end where does trials fit in the overall game right now with how often they put new loot in how often they put new gear or guns in and, and another brand new prime sub from wolf thank you so what did they say let me read you exactly what he said it wasn't a huge thing but it was definitely good information for people that are like what are you guys doing with trials and i know folks are going to run to the comments and be like none of this matters if they don't get cheats you know under wraps but that is like a separate uh, discussion so this is what they said going forward aspirational activities will reward players with power items and vanity when we build an aspirational activity it will have at least one accessory to pursue so this is in line with sort of saying they're going to take stuff out of the eververse and put it into the game there's going to be exotic accessories in the raids and there's always going to be an accessory in aspirational content now i don't know if that means that's going to be at a you know every season are they going to do that like is trials every season going to get a new accessory but not new loot and then they qualified loot for trials they said the team is working on adept weapons for trials of osiris and that's all they said is they're working on adept weapons so okay thank you and then they said trials will get new armor not a reprisal accessories and weapons in season 13 so accessories was plural for season 13 trials will get new armor every year uh destiny's next raid will have a brand new armor weapons and exotic accessories to pursue so season 13 keep in mind is the winter season this year September is season 12. So you're not getting new guns and armor in season 12. You might. I mean, when they say that it's reprisal, uh, it's not reprisal, I'm sorry. There could be reprisal armor between now and season 13. Maybe in the summer, maybe in September, they do more reprisal armor. There's another armor set from Destiny 1 they could bring in and use. And then maybe that would be sort of their way of saying, hey, there's something new for you to get. And then they said that Trials will get new armor every year i don't know if that means they won't get new guns every year does that mean they'll get guns more often than annually i don't honestly know it was weird that they said and singled out and said this is our commitment that you're going to get new armor every year but they left out guns so no reprisal could mean you get some reprisal armor before season 13 and then i think the big sort of piece of feedback that a lot of people had when they saw this was that season 13 feels kind of far away and while I resonate with that like man that's a long time to wait for some new stuff like non-reprisal armor and new weapons and some you know accessories plural 
this could be in relation to a timeline with respect to adept weapons when they can adequately design really good adept weapons especially in light of the new sunsetting changes but this also could be in line with the timeline for anti-cheat maybe in the winter season with console new consoles and switching platforms maybe they are going to make changes to the game maybe the rumors about the engine change are coming at that point in time so there could be a greater degree of anti-cheat in the winter season they want to give that amount of time before they really try to reinvigorate trials which isn't the best news that means between now and the winter season trials could continue to be pretty barren i know they're making quality of life changes next season which is the summer season uh with respect to the bounties They're going to give you a bounty to remove the win requirement. They're going to try to be better about token distribution and better rewards for flawless to, you know, kind of keep people from doing low card farming and to help people actually be able to cash in their tokens who can't bag that third win. But overall, this is, this is, I think it's encouraging, but also concerning at the exact same time. Like, I don't know how to feel about what they said specifically about this. So let's talk about adept weapons. This is another part of this being somewhat like it's encouraging, but concerning at the exact same time. It seems strange to only work on adept weapons now. I don't think they were in the dark about the absence of aspirational loot. I mean, Luke Smith owns that in his director's cut right before this season starts. So I'm not sure why they didn't even make an effort to do any semblance of adept weapons in the launch version of Trials, even if it was something as simple as a cosmetic difference or making celerity intrinsic or having an extra perk like they did for the sundial weapons when you got the level 92 like there was literally nothing at all to distinguish the weapons that you got for going flawless which it's encouraging for them to say we are working on adept weapons right now but I'm kind of like why wouldn't have you worked on them prior to now one theory I have which I feel like this is pretty on the mark is that they didn't look at and they weren't planning on doing truly aspirational rewards and guns, another hierarchy of guns, until year four, once sunsetting was put into place. That's been the general message from them is that they want to create more best-in-class weapons because right now we've been getting pretty boring weapons and very samey weapons. That's one of the charges of the raids and trials flawless loot is that nothing really stands out in his best in class or even more powerful or better uh, or even really unique. I mean, celerity is unique, but kind of not really since it was intrinsic in D1 for adept weaponry. So this again could be related to the timing with year four. Year four, my, my theory in my most recent video is that the kickoff for year four will be pretty significant. What we're going to get in September was the theory goes. It was originally what was intended to be the launch for Destiny 3 with the pyramid ships which means there's going to be a significant amount of more gear in there which could be why they held off on adept weapons they thought let's put more effort into what happens in year four this again is more of maybe as i said in some of my other videos a testing ground for the internal logistics of trials and not necessarily the overarching quality of the trials loot but just a way to test out the game mode as well as the passages and the tokens and everything else to get good information from us and good feedback the gear launch, I think, is is strange, and, you know, as long as they, I think, maybe they could provide armor in the summer or, or reprisal armor in September, that could kick things up a notch and get people kind of excited, but I do think that the lack of motivation to go into trials 
I think it it spells trouble for the summer uh, for trials in particular, and maybe even September. I think September will be okay if you're a Crucible fan, because there'll be a lot of new stuff going on, and they're making vendor updates, and they're giving you new loot to chase, and they're adding the redacted engrams. Like, there's a lot of good reasons to log in and play, play Crucible in September from everything I've seen, but Trials is going to be, I think, maybe in pretty bad shape going forward if cheating continues to, you know, go unaddressed, not unaddressed, but not addressed strong enough, and then the loot motivation is just not there. I think it's going to be very bad for the playlist. I might make a separate video where I argue that Trials should maybe get put on hold for both the summer and September, and then make a triumphant return in the winter. If you're not adding new loot and cheating still running amok, what's the reason in keeping it around? But that's a separate video. Ultimately, that's related to my final question. Where does Trials fit in Destiny right now? Where does it fit? Is it going to be something that's only updated once a year, and is that good enough for the people that run around in Trials on a more regular basis? I know raids are only once a year, and then get the weekly reset, similar to how you could say, oh, Trials gets new loot once a year, and then it goes through like the weekly reset if you can only play it on the weekends, but I don't necessarily know if that's a good enough reason. I've even continued to say, I would love to see raids get more relevancy every single time that there's a new season and they could do that with an NPC I kind of think similar things with the fact of you know trials is here every weekend and here every season why not do something to reinvigorate it every season I feel like the annual injection of new loot just isn't good enough now I know folks are going to say that's how it was in D1 well to be fair, we are not in the D1 delivery system anymore. They are delivering, you know, a consistent flow of new content, and I think that means that maybe Trials should get a little bit more love more often. I do think the biggest hang-up with that is the fact that it doesn't cost money to play Trials, and therefore, they might not give it a lot of new loot priority. They're going to want to give new loot bandwidth priority to people that are paying, and if you don't have to pay, they might want to consider, I think, starting to put trials behind a paywall i'm 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 still in 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 tension about that i'm torn about that because i'm very anti-paywall for anything related to pvp because that can be very damaging to the playlist whenever you segment the player base and require them to spend money i'm concerned you would end up hurting and keeping out a lot of honest players it really wouldn't keep out the cheaters but i do think they might have to consider that they might have to consider making you pay money in order to play trials to then give reason i think from a bandwidth priority you know perspective to giving more new loot to trials on a more regular basis i don't think annual loot updates for trials is good enough given that there's not a whole lot of aspirational trajectory in pvp as it is this is sort of their best mode so i I think it maybe deserves a little bit better treatment than that we're going to transition to q a if you're on uh, itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live right now at say no to rage.com and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the Trials Year 4 gear updates that was announced in a TWAB a couple of weeks ago. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at SayNoToRage.com. If you want to listen to these entire podcast episodes, you can look up SNTR Presents on any podcast platform. If you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, the bell button. All those things help me out on YouTube. Thank you so much for the support on YouTube. And whoever just ordered some coffee, thank you so much for doing that. We're going to jump in to uh, the first question from Fearless. Do you think that Bungie should hardware IP vac ban people who make the game 
better to make the game better i don't understand what you're talking about why did this question get through never mind uh let's go to the next one i thought that said that used bots when i first skimmed over it i don't understand what he's saying pk16 uh do you think bungie should take the infinity ward route on cheaters so what they've been doing is they require you to do two-factor and they also i forget the other thing they've been doing they're putting them in their own lobbies um and i think there's a certain level of brilliance here that would i think stop a lot of the cheaters yes um i do think that if you if you required people to do this the best the best enforcement would be that you attach a phone number to your steam your steam account and then that steam account gets banned well, the phone number's attached to it now. So only the most committed people could get around this because they'd have to go through, like, the online sources for, like, phone numbers through Google and stuff. Um, so to me, I think that could be a good step. Now, I know you're going to have people getting frustrated about this saying, well, I don't have a cell phone. I don't have a cell phone. I would be genuinely curious to know how many people that play Destiny do not have... A cell phone. They, you know, how many? I, I don't know. How many don't have, a, you know, a, a, a pay-to-go phone or something? Um, that would be the ultimate question, is if you suddenly had people that could not satisfy two-factor, and then they can't play the game. Um, so... I, I know it's 2020, almost nobody has doesn't have a cell phone. If you have internet and a computer and a console and you can play video games, it's um, I, the likelihood of that demographic not having a cell phone in the house, right? So you have to have a cell phone in the house. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that demographic has one, <laughs> you know? So you have a console, you have internet, and you play video games. And you don't have a cell phone. It, that seems to be uh, an unlikely uh, thing. So, don't call me Victor. Should Trials-related weapons fit in whatever the meta will be in the current season year? We got to talking about the, you know, the fear of the two metas emerging. I think in general, the way Bungie designs weapons and the way combat flows in this game... I think the fear about two metas is overstated. I think it's a valid concern, but I do think it's slightly overstated. I don't think that you're going to have these dramatically different metas in Trials versus non-power-enabled Crucible. Like, you go down into Elimination or Survival where power is not enabled, and that 3v3 environment is vastly different than Trials. That just seems incredibly unlikely. If there are meta-level weapons in Trials, a sniper, a hand cannon, or whatever and you go down into non-power-enabled trials, well, then I'm sure that they would be meta there and strong there too. It just, again, I think the concern is legitimate and valid, but I think people are overstating it to the point that like, oh, it's going to be so vastly different, I won't be able to go down into non-power-enabled modes and like practice weapon mastery. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. There's always two metas, auto-spam and trials and hand cannon and comp. I mean, again, even that, you you wouldn't necessarily argue that right now, you know, there's two metas and because there's two metas, you, you have this situation where, oh, we, 
we can't really go down into the non-trials environment and practice weapon mastery, right? You know? So, I I think it's overstated. While, while valid, I think it's a little bit overstated. I don't think Bungie's going to create a vastly different meta from one to the next. Because there's still... You're killing people the same way. Does that make sense? You're always going to be killing people the same way in trials. Like, with respect to the guys that are concerned about this and the Crucible players. Like, I love you, but there is a gigantic box that keeps the weapons just completely boxed in and in some respects pretty boring from a loot perspective because it's the same combat it's the same it's the same style combat you know three tapping and shotgun rushing and sniping like the combat hasn't evolved that much since d1 so that is just going to continue to keep weapons boxed in like this idea that there's going to be this insane, broken, non-balanced, dual, triple, meta, crucible, I really don't think so. I, the, the combat is, in many respects, very generically samey as it's always been. There's just certain loadouts and exotics that create metas like One-Eyed Mask and now Antius Wards. And in years past, there were other things that dictated the meta. Universal Remote, Icebreaker, like... I don't think this is a this is a, a future that will come to fruition. I really don't. I, I just I really really don't. I think that you're gonna see the most evolution iteration and differences in PVE because that's where you see things like osmosis. That's where you see things like trench barrel and one two punch and I mean even war mine cells. That's where most of the combat at iteration and evolution is taking place, even the champions. So look how much they've done there and then look at Crucible. Crucible is basically the same as it's always been. People are trying to get, you know, three taps with hand cannons, rush with shotties and hit crispy snipes. Like it's not that divorced from the combat of Destiny 1. Just the meta's just shift. That's generally the the, the thing that we you know, you're you're seeing Flame says weapon mastery is a meme TBH and aim assist makes it even more of a laugh. The weapons get buffed and nerfed every three months anyway. I do think though within the meta flame, I want to acknowledge that when people realize this is the meta, they try to master the meta. They don't want to use a bunch of different weapons. They want to use weapons that are in the meta and get the best with them. Hand cannons being very strong right now. Lumi goes from the thorn to a dire promise and he intentionally avoids rangefinder so that his hand cannon handling and aiming and all of that is he doesn't have to suddenly adjust muscle memory. So I do think within the meta mastery is possible, but to your point, it changes all the time anyway, so sunsetting's not a threat to that. It's already something that they have to deal with and adapt to. And I constantly got told by higher skilled players, and I constantly saw higher skilled players using that argumentation to the constant shifting meta in Fortnite with build changes and weapon swap speed changes and shotgun lethality changes and double pump going away and all that and I had to relearn certain aspects of Fortnite and the highly competitive guys were like that's just how these games go you have to adapt to the changes or you'll you'll lose Um, and so that that's unavoidable I think even in games that are purely PvP and don't have like a looting random role aspect GM Stafford 
Besides the bounty that was talked about in one of the past TWABs, what other casually targeted additions do you see them making to help approachability? I think they need to absolutely nuke infusion from the game and go to slot leveling. I think leveling needs to be practically automatic. It isn't content and the hardcore players level up fast anyway. There aren't any hardcore players that have ever enjoyed leveling long term. They always blaze through it faster than virtually everybody else. Leveling is a just a stupid jigsaw puzzle that they needed to shove off the table. Stop trying to solve some weird like scientific formula to get leveling right. It's dumb. It's not content and hardcore players have never enjoyed it for a long period of time they blaze through it in a couple of weeks and it just serves as an accessibility threat for the rest of the community mmm salty what do you think adept weapons need to be to justify a flawless grind I believe they need to be unique in both appearance as well as potential efficiency now when I say potential efficiency what I mean is celerity was a good intrinsic perk for adept weapons but they didn't do it and the reason it would be a good adept intrinsic perk is because it is it is potentially going to raise the efficiency of the weapon if you're the last person alive on the team you get better handling target acquisition and reload okay that's that, that's contextual uh, that is that is only going to help you in those situations so it's a potential it's not a constant static this is the best weapon holy frick you can't be like oh the adept hand cannon two taps no you can't do that you can't have an adept weapon flip and adjust and disrupt time to kill and and game and combat combat rhythm and flow and balance need to be maintained an adept weapon can't torpedo that but an adept weapon can be in the right hands a potentially more efficient weapon if it looks better and it's slightly better in the right situations like contextual contextual power contextually stronger that's good enough you also have to understand something Adept weapons in Destiny 1, I really do think the appearance difference, the title difference, and and then the extra perk, that was enough for people. That was significant. That's all they needed. They don't... Nobody... Listen, listen, listen. Any sensible Trials player is not going to argue for adept weapons that are brokenly strong. Why? Because they have to play against them. They're smart enough to know that if they argue for insanely fast and lethal weapons that are adept then they have to play against them. They're not going to argue for that. I think they're going to argue for a nice appearance and title difference because that's prestigious in its own way. And then you put like a, a contextual intrinsic perk on there and you're done. Anybody with enough sense to go flawless and enough skill to go flawless is never going to say, oh, I really think we need to be you know, have weapons that are significantly stronger and more efficient and two-tapping and faster TTK. They're never going to argue for that because then they have to play against those weapons too. It, it's, it's a sword with two edges. It's got two blades. It's got two sides on its blade and it cuts both ways. So you can, you can have an adept version of a weapon that is better in some respect, but it's not like breaking the game. So everything will be the same? No. No. Absolutely not. I don't think so. I I think that prediction is ignoring all of the new perks they've been putting in PvE. It's also ignoring how adept weapons were celebrated in Destiny 1, and that's what they gave you. So, your prediction has to ignore an awful lot to have any legs. McCheshire. 
Could a possible reason why new Trials gear isn't arriving until Season 13, uh, not 14, be down to Weapons 2.0 and how that system may revitalize current gear? Yeah, it's Season 13, not 14. So 11 is the summer, 12 is September. Season 13 is the winter. Um, Last year, Romance, thank you for 12 months of subs. That is a red badge. Thank you so much. Uh, I would think that... The reason to hold off on the trial's new weapons, there could be a, a handful of reasons, okay? There could be a handful of reasons. Number one, maybe they're trusting PvP revitalization to take place naturally in September, because usually the September season is just healthy player-based numbers across the board. Then they want to revitalize Crucible, as it probably sees it'll it'll see a downturn in season twelve. Season thirteen can revitalize Crucible by saying, "Hey, we have something Crucible for you," and then they update trials. It could also be related to weapons updates and sunsetting. They want to give time for the new weapon system to land, and then they want to give time for adept weapons to be developed, and then they'll drop them in the game. Um, Those are the only... That's the best theories I can come up with. It could be all of those things or some of those things. Um, I would happen to think it's probably related to the significant weapon changes that they're going to make, as well as... September is generally just really good for the game's population, so they're kind of saying we won't, we don't really need trials in uh, in season twelve. We don't really need it. We can we can save that for you know the the winter season. Phoenix Lock, with sunsetting coming along, and then the new trials gear as well. How do you think people, or how do you feel they will receive the idea of having to grind for those weapons and armor again and again? Uh, sunsetting coming along and then the new trials gear as well. Well, grinding for gear over and over again is something that people I think are misstating. Reissued weapons are not going to be the primary uh, loot source every season. Uh, Dylan indicated that on the on the Reddit on a Reddit post. He said, "If your hope is to come to a season and have the primary grind be weapons that you miss or returning weapons, he's like they will not be the primary pursuit." So, you will be chasing new weapons. And then a lot of people are going to push back and say, yeah, but they're going to be basically the same with the same perks. No, that's not true. That's another criticism rooted in, rooted in falsehood. That's not true. The entire purpose of this is to add new perks to the game, and sunsetting serves as a natural barrier to power creep. So, it too many people are criticizing sunset listen I'm going to be dead honest with you I would say anywhere from 75 to 85% of the criticisms I've seen on the forums reddit, twitter, youtube are all rooted in ignorance and misrepresentations of the actual sunsetting process I, I, I really do I really think that I, I've, I've read them I've seen the posts I've seen the comments and the contradictions and, the, and, and the, it's, it's so misrepresentative of the system there's very few people who actually understand how it works and engage with it as it's going to function they say all kind of things that aren't true and they're like yeah it's just going to be like this and it's like no it, it it's not now this is why I said this is housekeeping Bungie got this out of the way now they start promoting September and how big that DLC is going to be and all the cool things that are going to come with it and a lot of this is going to die down a lot of this is going to die down uh, Agent Smith with 24 months. That's a gold badge. Two years of great content. Thank you, Lono. Keep yourself doing what you're doing. Thank you very, very much. 
And even the people that actually understand it and make criticisms, even in that realm, like I would say Drewski and Cami represent the people that understand it and make intelligent arguments. Even their arguments, I still feel, are super, super narrow to a specific play type. I also think even Drewski was saying, like, if they make adjustments to loot generosity and loot intentionality, this system will not be nearly as bad as I fear. Like, they're fearing they're going to go through four or five months of a mindbender's grind, and now that gun only has half a year of viability. Uh, that, that fear is legitimate, and I think he's right. I do think intentionality and generosity will soften the blow and also it'll weaken some of their criticisms because they won't be able to make such grand statements about like, oh, I'm only going to get six months out of the gun, right? I'm only going to get six months. It's the only way. That's a whole lot of ifs. That's not a whole lot of ifs. They have said they're going to let you target farm with an engram. They have said they're going to give you aspirational armor pursuits every season. They have said they're going to let you go for the pursuit weapon in PvE or PvP. They are literally doing exactly what they're worried about. They're giving you more intentionality and more direction to getting the things that you want. Uh, Talaman. It seems to me that these discussions are useless unless they fix the omnipresence of cheaters in the crucible. What do you think is a good solution to remove cheaters? I have an entire video on this, so I'm not going to like do that video right now. I think in general, you have to have a frontline, front-facing, installed anti-cheat. Even cheaters get past those. We have run into cheaters in Valorant. We've very rarely ran into them, but even with Valorant's front-facing, kernel level anti-cheat we still ran into them if that is the case and you're not doing that i don't even think you're doing bare minimum to me installed anti-cheat is bare it's bare minimum they're not even doing the bare minimum they are doing reactionary background live person verifying every band bands and i think in the current realm where we exist I love that they're 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 doing what they can, but that's a joke. That's a joke in the current situation that we're in. They have an anti-cheat? No, they do not. I reject their definition of anti-cheat because it is not the accepted gamer colloquialism of anti-cheat. You can't say you have an anti-cheat and then make up your own definition. The accepted definition of an anti-cheat, Bungie doesn't have an anti-cheat. I believe they muddied the waters when they said that and they confused the entire discussion. They have something in the background that automatically flags accounts and a live person must review and verify before a person is banned. That is not anti-cheat. That is the opposite of anti-cheat. That's a flagging system that must be then executed upon by a real person. In the current landscape of where we live, games and how many people play on a given day and how many accounts they can make that kind of anti-cheat is a joke it is a joke if you want to keep people from cheating look at the level that everybody else is operating at and look at what Bungie is doing it's a joke I disagree with you TBH I don't really care I mean you can look at the player base numbers you can look at the trends you can look at the fledgling and and floundering trials playlist and I guess come up with an excuse for that which I, I know is related to loot and I know is related to the tokens and all that but 
you you sit you simply you cannot say you have an anti-cheat when if there's 10 people in the room and nine of the developers are saying this is anti-cheat and it's all a front-facing and installed anti-cheat and Bungie's like we do too oh yeah what's yours oh ours is running in the background and it's automated and every single account that gets banned has to be verified and reviewed by a live person okay thanks but no thanks that's not anti-cheat that isn't so and listen, I, 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 that may sound harsh and, and, and mean, but in this day and age with free-to-play games, they're not doing the bare minimum, and that's why there's an epidemic. Like, you want to act like it's there's not an epidemic. Okay, so there were there was eight for eight streamers, people streaming using cheats, because it's tough to tell when they're using them, but you got to have a really, really keen eye. Wish You Luck called out eight different streamers and players. I don't know if they were all streamers. Some of them were streamers. He called out eight, and he was eight for eight. And so many people watched the footage, and they were like, they're not cheating. You're full of crap. They're not cheating. And boom, boom, boom. Like freaking dominoes. They all fell down and all got banned because they were cheating. I watched the one guy's footage. I was like, he's walling. I I can tell he's walling. I played against wallers in Quake 3. I know what walling looks like. The higher level players all saw it and they knew they were cheating. Right. All of the all of the drooling drones on the internet ran to his Twitter feed to call him a douche and toxic and you know, they, they he just he just doesn't like getting beat. And he was he was eight for eight last I checked. They all got banned. So these are people that were streaming it, and to the untrained eye, you can't even tell they're cheating. Cheating is an epidemic right now. You just rarely run into like the rapid fire snipers and they, oh, they have heavy ammo when they shouldn't, right? You, you see that and you think, oh, that's not common. Sure. Yes, you're right. It's not common to see a machine gun sniper or somebody who's, you know, rapid firing heavy ammo in round one of trials. Sure. Those are few and far between. There were literally people streaming cheats and most people couldn't tell. That's why I tried to explain to Clintus on the last Rageous Roundtable. Yes, I love Clintus and he's a friend of mine, but I think he gets this wrong. He gets this wrong all the time. He says, I rarely run into cheaters. I ran into my first legitimate cheater the other day. I'm like, homie, you've run into way more than that. You just can't tell. You can't tell. The, the aim assist and sniping right now is so insane. It's it's almost it's, it is. It's hard to detect them if they're smart about it. It's super 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 hard to detect. You have to be. You almost have to have played against cheaters for a long time to like know when you're playing against a cheater. And like Wish You Luck said, as soon as we went to Steam, a ton of people in the sweat community suddenly had their their all their stats just started going up. And it's like, okay, what? Come on. So at the same at the same time that you you have people saying like oh I don't really run into cheaters all that much I'm sorry but a lot of you probably can't tell you have to literally play at the most absolute upper echelons to tell when someone's cheating that's why when you watch Lumi and then you uh, and then they play them they immediately know when they're playing a cheater right like. I was shoutcasting trials on a Friday, and then that night G1 did their tournament that I shoutcasted with uh, with Mikowski and Kenny Vaccaro. Okay, I am shoutcasting Panda and Potato playing against each other. You can sense 
a difference when real skill meets real skill. And you can sense an enormous difference when Panda or Potato or Lumi or anybody faces a cheater. It is completely different. But again, if you don't watch and cast and shoutcast or play and have that level of skill, you're not going to pick up on it. So, so many people think like cheating's not that big of a deal. I got news for you. There is an absolute epidemic of cheating in Destiny. It's it's on PC, on PC. It's freaking everywhere. It's everywhere because it's like did you see righty the, the interviews a cheating a, a guy selling cheats. The guy's making like thousands of dollars a month. There are so many people paying for cheats. So, they got to have a, a true genuine frontline anti-cheat. I will never accept their definition of an anti-cheat because literally no one in the industry does that and says that. I've never seen a game go free to play, get overrun with cheaters and say, oh no, we have anti-cheat, it's running in the background and every person that gets banned has to be verified by a live person. Huh? <laughs> what? Uh, Rain the Dark. With Trials changes, do you think that the bottom card farming is going to still be an issue? It's definitely deterred me from playing. That's getting changed in the summer. They're addressing that in the summer. Bottom card farming should be significantly uh, less prevalent next season. Um, so, And they're, and they're going to remove the win requirement with a bounty. As long as you complete the one bounty, you'll be able to turn in your token. So even if you're running into some low card farmers and you're getting frustrated, you'll at least be able to turn in your tokens as soon as you complete the bounty. Uh, shooter plays. Would a new set of strike-specific loot be on the cards for future years, or should we just keep the ones we have now? This is a bigger discussion, right? Because this touches on a handful of things. This, this, this actually, as a subject, it like touches down on a bunch of different things. It touches down on sunsetting because if you're going to do strike-specific loot, and I can only farm for it like every four or five weeks, that's a significant problem because that rhythmic urgency is cool but it's also a problem within the realm of sunsetting also it's a problem within the realm of are you going to update every single nightfall are you going to update the uh, are you going to update the duty bound and the dfa i could see them doing that personally strikes specific loot this is kind of gonna i'm gonna give you my quick answer thank you for 24 months eight masks two years gold badge thank you and a new one dodger j thanks for using your prime sub here this is my answer on strike specific loot I think it should stay at the Nightfall Challenge difficulty. It should be somewhat challenging. But I think you should be able to select any strike on the director. And once you adjust it to that level of difficulty, it's now a Nightfall-specific grind. So you can do it as much as you want, whenever you want. I would say they need to do that. Then you go and get rid of that hopper. You don't need it anymore. You don't need the Nightfall where there's three available a week. Just get that the frick out of there. It's cluttering it up anyway. And invest in Grandmaster. I'm sorry, invest in Nightfall the Ordeal and make it better. I would invest in Nightfall the Ordeal. I would start putting in positive modifiers. I'd start shaking it up so it's not so one-sided and just a delta with 12 negative modifiers. I'd put in positive modifiers that actually push people toward using the new seasonal mods because they could have done that this season. There should have been positive modifiers that pushed you toward Warmind Cells. That should have been a thing. They didn't do that. I would invest there, get rid of the rotating Nightfall hopper, so if somebody wants to go after a Nightfall-specific loot, they can. 
Nightfall the Ordeal then becomes a grind for the currency, exotics, and I believe when they said they're ripping an Eververse set out and throwing it into aspirational content in the summer, I think they're going to put it into Grandmaster. So then, Grandmaster, you run it one armor piece a week for five weeks. In the sixth week, when the sixth Grandmaster Nightfall hits, they let you run any of the ones that you want, and you can target whichever armor piece you didn't get. Nightfall the Ordeal can take on that shape. An exotic... uh, uh, a really cool and unique armor set every season and then you also have like the exotic grind and the currency grind and then if you're like no 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 I want to chase the nightfall specific loot the strike specific loot okay you can do that by picking the strike off the director but you have to set it to the 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 strike specific loot grind difficulty so it's 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 still in line with what the old school 100,000 score nightfall grind was that's what I would do uh, three months from Xanatech and Tempest Rage with two months. Thank you. Uh, primal, uh, primal Enigma. What do you think uh, the fix would be that would get enough people motivated to not just farm tokens in the first few wins? I have a whole video on this. I believe that what you should do is give people way more tokens for games four, five, and six and seven. I think even if you lose games 4, 5, 6, and 7, you should get more tokens in games 1 through 3. Because then, there's no question in your mind, resetting your card for tokens would be stupid. You're gonna get more from games 4, 5, and 6, even if you lose. So, the mathematic, the mathematical logic there would motivate everybody to keep playing and not reset. Resetting would be dumb do away with tokens no i actually think tokens are superior because one if you only have one character and bungie addressed that in a recent twab there's actually a lot of one character players out there one character players can play trials all weekend and then just cash in their tokens they're removing the win requirement with a bounty it's a nice hybrid people want to go back to bounties i think bounties are inferior number one because people are sick of them and number two you can only run the bounties on one character tokens are limitless and that keeps more people playing the ultimate goal and the logistical structure of trials is to have as many people playing as long as as much on the weekend as you possibly can get them in there. <clears throat> so that's how I would do it. I do not think tokens are the devil. I do not think tokens are the reason that trials struggled. Tokens are actually good in spirit and in essence because it enables you to play all weekend long with the class that you want. They just need to give you way more tokens for games 4, 5, 6, and 7. So nobody considers low card farming. You would basically be like, why are you low card farming? You're getting less stuff. Oh, I'm limiting my loot pool. They need to do away with that too. They need to do away with that. No, you can't limit your loot pool by farm by low card farming. You need to do away with that. Aaron Kill. Trials armor seems neglected for both players and devs. Would a set bonus for flawless armor be enough to make the armor grind as valuable as the weapon grind and give people more reason to remain in the playlist? That remains to be seen because they did talk about how they want to do um, a depth. They want to do a depth mod slots on the trials weapons is something they were entertaining. They could do something similar to the trials armor, a depth slot, and then you can. You can put whatever you want in there. You know, you can put some kind of an adept perk in there. Um, you gotta be real careful, you know? You gotta be super, super careful. I don't know if the downloads has been pushed out yet or not. I know resets in three minutes, but five months from Teddy, thank you. Shirkle says, your thoughts on them bringing the Trials hand cannon and pulse back from season 11 
or do you think this we- the weapons will be the same? I continue to think they have more reprisals that they're going to use before we get to season 13. I could see them do one entire new set of armor again and they would be the reprisals that looked like, you know, they look like cats. It was the it was the second set that they ran and they had like the glows and stuff. I could see them bring back that armor set as a reprisal and those weapons as well. And then season 13 would be all new stuff. I don't want to get people's hopes up, but they did say the new armor in season 13 would not be a reprisal. Well, that means you could get a reprisal set before then. Again, if you're not going to do any new loot in the summer and the cheating is still a problem, I I think they should put trials on hold then. Just say, listen, we're going to put it on hold until we launch this brand new stuff in, in, uh, in season 13. Trials will come back better than ever in season 13 with adept weapons, new armor, non-reprisal armor, and uh, and while this is happening, we're going to be working on anti-cheat and working with Steam and Steam's VAC anti-cheat, you know, and 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 hit this thing running in in uh, in the winter. And people are like, oh, you want to do that again? You want to do that again? I had this debate with Paul Tassi on the Rageous Roundtable. He said that's just, that's such a vicious cycle to take it out again. And I said, we're ultimately choosing between two vicious cycles. Which one do you think will be worse? The vicious cycle of no loot incentive, a tiny player pool, and cheaters. That's one vicious cycle. The other vicious cycle is it's not in the game. It's not a black. It's not like a a blemish on the franchise anymore. And they can come back and be improved in in the winter season. Yes, that is a vicious cycle to take it out again. It is. But is the vicious cycle that I just described about no new loot, the player base continues to shrink, and cheaters are still in there. Right? Which vicious cycle do you think is worse? You have to choose. Now that's subjective, and we're trying to figure that out, right? We're trying to think which one would be which one would be worse. You agree with Paul? Paul might be right. Paul might be right. Pulling it out could be a, you know, at least people could play it low, no geez, kind of a thing. Or I know Flame agrees with me on this. It's become a blemish on the franchise itself. It's not about trials or PvP anymore. It's about Bungie as a developer. It's about the franchise having a blemish on it. It's more about that. That hurts consumer confidence. The road to September can't be paved with another season of look at how freaking bad trials is. Look at how many cheaters there are. That that's bad for consumer confidence that's bad for uh, consistent videos and viral Twitter and all of that it's you're, you're choosing between one vicious cycle and another I don't think either of them is preferable I really don't I feel like one is having to break the bone and reset it and the other is just slapping a cast on it and you're, the arm's gonna grow bent like we're choosing we're choosing between two 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 bad decisions uh h g g g while the lack of gear and vanity items to chase in trials is an issue what do you think about the rampant sword and emote peaking in trials and its effect on the pace of the game mode um non-competitive players don't understand the problem with three peaking so whenever we talk about this it turns into just this big who cares? It's in the game. It's not that big of a deal. Why why does everybody get so upset about it? The only with respect, with respect. 
the people that take up a position that it's not bad are not competitive and probably have never played in tourneys or on on really really high level teams that's not a slam i just there's no way you get to that level of play and don't see how awful it is it's so bad you they, they had to address this in overwatch they they literally had to address this exact same issue in overwatch so I, if you think it's fine and not that big of a deal then I would just say you're not competitive minded and that's okay not everybody's competitive minded people play more for fun they're like it's a space magic game who cares if you emote right who cares if you emote is there something I need to download was there an actual like a download that got pushed out so that's not a slam that's not a slam I just I can't see the mentality of a hyper competitive player that's played in tournaments and played for an organization being like oh no yeah it's totally fine three peaking is totally fine because it became such a significant problem in it became such a significant problem in overwatch that it had to be addressed so you're never going to see eye to eye on this with the people that think it's okay because they don't with respect, they don't understand like why it's such a problem. They just think it's not a big deal. I it's just everybody does it. Blah, blah, blah. You play a game like Valorant and you start to understand how important information is. Information is is literally a currency and a weapon in competitive games. Okay? You play Valorant. There are sound cues for everything. If somebody grabs an ult orb, if somebody is ulting, if somebody is changing weapons, if somebody's on a rope, if somebody's walking instead of running, there are sound cues and information for everything because at the competitive level, information empowers decision and combat. Right? So that is why people hate it because it's free information and you don't do anything to earn the information. Right now, if I want information in Valorant, I have to do something to earn that information. Everyone can use it so no one has a disadvantage. I haven't said it creates a disadvantage. I said it's a problem and it's bad for combat. It's disruptive to competitive to the spirit of competitive modes. It has nothing to do with it being at a disadvantage. It's disruptive to the competitive spirit. You don't earn free information in any game. You don't do that except when you 3P peak in Destiny. If I want to know what the team is doing in Valorant, I have to use my bow for recon. I have to send something in. And when I do that, I now don't have that ability. I spent in-game currency for information. That's the way that it works. And 3P peaking, you spend nothing and you get way more information than... You get more information from 3P peaking than anything else. It's absurd how strong it is. It's absurd. Seriously, play a game like Valorant or just watch. Watch a game like Valorant and start to understand like the spirit of competition is you don't get information for free because information empowers combat choices and strategy. You must, you must get inform. You must spend something to get information. So, 
That's why in this discussion, you're never going to land on the on the ground with people that are like, it's not that big of a deal. I use it all the time. Who cares? It's in the game. If it's in the game, we should be allowed to use it. Well, it was in the game in Overwatch, and they decided to address it. So. And the reason it got a lot of attention in Trials is because Trials is the most competitive version of Destiny, and that's where it disrupts things the most. You're not going to 3 peak in frickin' sixes, but in a competitive mode, you will. <clears throat> Using skills like that in Valorant also reveals your position to the enemy, so you're not only spending something, you're trading something with the enemies. That's exactly right. That's another excellent point. Three peaking doesn't even give away your location a lot of times. You're hidden. <laughs> it says it in the kill fee, but they don't know where you are. Uh, Spartan Vengeance. I agree with the idea of sunsetting, but how do you think Bungie can keep older content relevant like farming the Nightfall, Mindbenders, or Reckoning, or Spare Rations? This is where Luke Smith said in his director's cut they want to reinvigorate core activities. I also think they need to reinvigorate activities like the Black Armory Forges, Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, even Reckoning and Menagerie. And I believe we will get that. JD Gamer. With Sunsetting, should we see power level introduced into comp to help with the meta? This is something that Drewski's asked for, a playlist where power will be enabled so you can kind of practice the power-enabled meta outside of Trials. Uh, My concern is there's too many modes in the Crucible right now. I'd be willing to give him his wish because there'd always be one power-enabled Crucible mode. When Trials is there, that's the one. When Trials isn't there, that's the one. Here's what I would say. Just rotate it. So right now, you can play Elimination of Survival. So when Trials is here, it's power-enabled. And then... Uh, when it goes away for that week, um, you know, Tuesday through Friday afternoon, uh, eliminations power enabled. And then the next week, uh, survival's power enabled. So one of the modes is power enabled. So like, if you want to go into a power enabled competitive mode, you can to kind of practice the power enabled meta. And then if you don't, there's another competitive mode for you. You just pick between, um, you just pick between the two. I still think there's too many. I, st- I still think there's too many modes in Crucible. I still think it splits the player base up too much. I would still shrink it quite a bit, and I think if they shrink it quite a bit, you could still just always leave elimination and, and, and survival there, and you just week to week one of them's power enabled and the other's not. So you give the competitive minded players two places to play, and then the power enabled guys could be like, well, this is the new power enabled trials meta, and we have a place to practice during the week. Or just make elimination power enabled. Yeah, because that's what Trials is. You know what I mean? I... To me, to me, I resonate with their request, I resonate with their concern, and I'm willing to say, you know what? I, I think that's a good response to their concern. To say, power enabled Crucible is too infrequent. And if it's going to be enabled and different metas are going to emerge there, it needs to be more frequent. We need to have a consistent place to go and have that be the sandbox. So I agree with them on that point. I do. We have commonality, I think, on that. Small peculiar. With the impending pyramid ships, fall expansion, and major story beats appearing to be a big factor over the next year, do you think that trials and PvP are a threat of being kept on sort of life support? We were, we just talked about this a few minutes ago, and why I think you're choosing between two two bad choices. Taking trials out for summer and September is rough and would upset people, but if you leave it in, it's a blemish on the franchise leading to what's supposed to be a pretty freaking awesome DLC, and I don't think that's a good deal. 
at the very least I would take it out for the summer um and I know people don't agree with me on that and I appreciate their perspective and I think to some degree I understand why they don't like that and why they think that's a mistake to do but I'm thinking of Destiny as a whole not just Trials and not just the Crucible and let me let me make my point this way okay look at how volatile and fair weather and I don't mean this in a bad way look at how disloyal the Crucible community is the minute things aren't fun, the minute things aren't good, they bounce. That's not their fault, by the way. It's not like PvE where you can just kind of do something else or go grind and do something else more casual. Like Grandmaster Nightfalls and aspirational content. I, I think that stuff sucks. And I'm not doing it. So I just do something else. I just go into like thousand level, you know, uh, Nightfalls. PvP and Trials, as it's designed, if it's in a bad place, the disloyalty just hits a fever, like a fever pitch. Everybody just stops playing. They just don't play. They're like, I'm out. No way. I'm not playing. So, I'm concerned about the entire game and the franchise, not the people who, understandably, they just immediately bounce if things are bad. Like, look at the player base numbers. Look look at the trials numbers. What reason is there? What reason is there to leave it in? Why? I just, I don't think so. I just do not think there's a good enough reason to leave it in. It's going to hurt the franchise as a runway, as a runway to this big DLC. Uh, Colo9903. Do you think that with sunsetting, we'll get more weapons than normal, considering that they don't have to spend as much time testing? They could theoretically be more haphazard, so to speak. Oh, I love this. I love this. Somebody said the other night, during the Rageless Roundtable, and I forgot to pull it out of the chat. It was actually a really, really good point. They said, okay, they said that if you have le- if you have a smaller portion of, like, best-in-class metal weapons you have a smaller amount of weapons that have to be kind of tweaked and nerfed and if there are almost no nerfs happening for pve because there have been a lot of those recently because bungie's like that's okay we don't need to nerf we don't need to necessarily nerf guns for pve anymore or we we do it less frequently that frees up bandwidth to make balance more consistent I think there's something to be said for that. I think there is something to be said for balance being more consistent and easier to handle because they don't have it they won't have as many weapons to rein in. It'll be a smaller pool of these are the absolute best. Big Chewy Gaming. And guys, if you're coming in about the quest and how it's working, that's awesome. Please don't post spoilers. A lot of people here are not going to be able to do the quest until later because they're working uh, and they're unable to play. So please don't do that uh, if, you, if you can. I know you guys are excited and you guys haven't done it yet, but please uh, be very tight-lipped about it. Big Chewy Gaming. With Sunsetting coming, do you think that this will solve the Revoker breaking special ammo economy problem in Trials PvP in general? Uh, and it still needs to look in this regard. Well... I wonder, I wonder if some of the people that are upset about this know that eventually they're going to have to use something that isn't the Revoker, and Revoker is so, I I don't mean this in a mean way, it's just so crutch. It's such a crutch weapon. It shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist. It breaks all of the fundamentals that we know about ammo economy and trials that they tried to wrangle in D1. They should have never, (laughs) that gun should have never been brought into the game. It's the same reason the Whisper should have never been brought into the game. Um, so... 
I wouldn't be surprised if some people are like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to use Revoker anymore, and they really like it, and with good reason. It's freaking strong with respect to ammo economy subversion. Uh, so, you know, the, as far as that, I would hope that they never do that ever again. Never again. Lono needs a Shiroshi uh, checkpoint with triple shotguns. Does somebody in chat actually have one? I suppose I could be doing that literally right now, so when we're done with Q&A, we can do it. Um... I think my Titan has it, right? It's not even in his inventory. Where did it go? My Titan is... Oh, it's down here. Speak with Anna. Yeah. Speak with Anna. So, I mean, if somebody if somebody wants to get that for me, we could do that during Q&A. So when I'm done with Q&A, we could let chat enjoy the, uh, the lore that everybody's geeking out about. Um... Uh, yeah, next question. DJ Zeus. With new armor and adept weapons coming into trials, with that, will that increase the loot pool of trials, or will the loot pool of trials change every season to keep players engaged in trials every season? I don't think it's going to change every season, okay? Um, but I do believe when they change trials loot, the old stuff will be gone. That's how they did it in D1. Now, well, that's not necessarily true because in Rise of Iron, you could get the old stuff from the bounties but the new stuff from going flawless. So they may tier it that way in the future and I think that would be a mistake. I think that would be a mistake because um, you don't you don't want uh, you do not want to have this situation of we're going to We're going to stiff arm the people that can't go flawless. They did that in Rise of Iron and people didn't people didn't like it. They did not like it. They were like, I don't understand. I can't get the new stuff. And casuals vacated the player pool. Okay? And because they vacated the player pool, it hurt the playlist. That's been hurting the playlist right now. People feel like they can't get anything accomplished and it's really, really frustrating and they get, they get understandably, uh, you know, pretty angry. Where am I? How do I get the Vostok? Is it somewhere on... I assume it would be somewhere on, on the EDZ. Um, am I just not seeing it? You just bypassed it. Okay. I am so dumb. Bottom left. Winding Cove. Quest icon. Oh, right here. I was like, what the frick? <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to stay on topic. I don't like doing this kind of stuff during Q&A because I stop talking and I get I get like a... I'm like, duh, like I can't think. Um, so, yeah. You gotta be careful. If you basically say, if we get to season 13, if we get to the winter season and they're like, um, yeah, you can only get the old loot from bounties, you're gonna see a vacate... The people will vacate. They will vacate. They'll stop playing. They're like, oh, I'm not, I can't get the new stuff. And if they can't get the new stuff, you're you're going to have a playlist uh, degradation. The same thing happened in Rise of Iron and lots of people complained. They were like, dude, they were like, I don't understand. Why can't I get the new stuff? So they stopped playing. This is why adept weapons are more important than keeping around the old loot. Now, you could keep the old loot around and maybe just have Saint-14 sell it or something right 
And if you do that, that's totally fine. You have him sell it, and then it's easy. Then you can still get it if you want or whatever. But if you don't want the old stuff and want the new stuff, you can still get the new stuff from bounties and from tokens as well. Uh, Bora with two months, thank you. BT Bay with 19 months and 35 months from Green Wave. That's almost three years, Green Wave. Thank you. So that's how I would do it. I would put the old stuff in Saint 14 so it can be purchased, and then that would make it a little bit more of a keeping people engaged and keeping people playing. And if you want to differentiate between, you know, the people that can go flawless and the people that can't, that's where adept weapons come in. Has it? Hey Lono, given how aspirational loot and content is getting a massive upgrade of quality in year four, how can they add grind path investments to keep the hardcore players engaged while maintaining the casual player base? Well, this is where you I, this is where you need things like a unique armor set for Grandmaster Nightfalls. This is where you need strike specific loot, or you know, you need a raid. You need uh, you need like. This says Siva is the new directive. Before that, he was using it as bait. Oh yeah, I, I I heard about this dialogue for this section where he the Lord the Iron Lords didn't go after Siva on their own. Uh, Rasputin led them to it. So Rasputin actually used Siva as a bait, uh, and so it'll be really interesting if Saladin gets wind of this because he's going to be pretty freaking ticked off that the Iron Lords were baited by uh, Rasputin with Siva and then they died in Rise of Iron. And ultimately, we had to go down and fight them and kill them. Um, it says here that Rasputin sent out this transmission to his submines. He identified a threat in old Russia. It looks like there was a data breach of some kind. I don't know what it is, but he threw out a lot of firepower, dropped the warsat right on top of it. In old Russia? So does that mean that I wonder if we're going to end up in old Russia at some point then? Which is the... Which is the from, from D1. So this is the enemies defeated thing that I'm going to need to do. I'm at Shirochi. If you need the checkpoint, hang on. I, I would need to, I'm going to need to change my, uh, um, I'm going to need to get the, oh, I have a tractor cannon right here. Okay. I would need your join code. Um, hang on. Cause I don't even have my text chat on. So, what was the next? What was the question we were on? Uh, yeah, keeping hardcore players engaged. One of the reasons that you need nightfall specific loot. One of the reasons you need um, unique stuff in Grandmaster. You need like the uh, the pursuit quest. You need the um, you need all those things in place. Is because if you're going to create a if you're going to create loot grind and loot incentive for people, that's the only way to maintain hardcore players. Cause like there's a spectrum, there's a spectrum of things and make sure robot. Now that I'm joining you, you're going to have to close your, you're going to have to close your, uh, your fire team. Cause you just put your join code in chat and people are going to be joining you. Um, the, that's, there's a spectrum of care is what I'm trying to say. There's a spectrum of care. At the very upper echelons of care, people are going to want to get the high stat rolled armor and the god roll guns and the absolute best of everything, right? And when they do that, um, oh, I don't have any, I don't have any um, 
I don't have any flags. Won't I need to keep dying and getting the flag? I didn't get any flags. I didn't get any flags, so I guess if you want to stay here and do that for me every time, isn't that how people do it? Because I can just do this while I answer Q&A. It's kind of a bummer. Oh, you have the checkpoint now? Oh, let's, let's, let's wipe, though. If we wipe, then I'll have the checkpoint. I think you, um... Yeah, I'll have to put on, like, special scavenger and stuff. Like, I'm not, I'm not kitted out for this. Um, I'll have to, like, change my chess piece to an arc. Um, if you kill them all, you should end up with 64 kills. Right. But the goal, the goal would be to be able to, you just fly back in after a wipe. Oh, I thought you would, like, yeah, I can come back here on my own. We, we, we need to go in and wipe, and then, um... Yeah, he needs to come over here. We need to go in and wipe, and then I need to go get flags, because I don't have any. You need a thousand? Yeah, I can just do this while I answer Q&A. It won't take that long. Um, you got 80 per run? Yeah, so it'll take me, like, 15, you know, 15 runs or something. Um, so... So people just go in this room and kill everything and then leave, right? Is that all? Is that all it is? There's the patch notes in chat if you guys want them. Next question is from Crusader. Should the ideas of adept weapons be used in raids potentially as well? Well, you. I don't think we need adept weapons in raids. I think you need raids. Oh, you get killed due to the ti- due to the timer. Okay. No, I'll just go get flags, robot. You don't need to stay in here and do that unless you want to. I mean, that's kind of stupid. If you're willing, I mean, that just seems kind of silly. I should be running a charge with light build too, right? Isn't there a charge with light build where you get the, um, you get shotgun ammo for like getting a rapid kill or something or with a shotgun? Okay. Heavy handed? Yeah, I need heavy-handed, which means I need a maximum arc piece. Do I have a maximum arc piece? Yeah, right here, I have a maximum arc piece. Um, okay. Mm-mm-mm. So we'll put heavy-handed on. Still not enough energy. Holy moly, it's expensive. So heavy-handed is, and then I need an arc perk alongside of it. That's fine, we can do that one. And then, while surrounded by multiple combatants, you get ammo for the weapon. And that applies to the tractor cannon? I did not know that applies to the tractor cannon. I'm doing it for the lore. People said the lore is amazing, so I want to I go for the lore, personally. That's my main, that's my main thought process here. Because I've, I've always enjoyed it. The fact that they're, like, mentioning SIVA and the fact that they're talking about, like, you know, my favorite time in the game, Wrath of the Machine, uh, <laughs> Rise of Iron, all of that. Um, I love that time. I thought that was one of the best times in the game as far as, they you know, they did some pretty cool stuff back then. I've always loved the, I've always loved the Rasputin stuff. Yeah, so no, this isn't working for Tractor, but it is working for um, the other, the other shotgun that I have. Cause I have, a, I have a green shotgun that it just keeps giving me stuff constantly. 
So periodically I can grab the heavy. So that wasn't a very good run because um, I died, but we already got five percent. So <laughs> this will uh, this will be this will be a quick a quick run. I just need to go get flags. Um, let me let me let me regroup here for people listening to the audio version. I am sorry. Sometimes this guy this kind of stuff happens while we're live. As far as do they need adept weapons and raids? My feedback would be that no, they just they need the raids to be a raid. They need to be raid gear, like no question, um, no question. Uh, the 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 constant the constant need to like make better gear is is being solved right now by them saying okay, so we're gonna we're gonna create. Uh, better, better, best in class gear, better perks. We're gonna do all this stuff. We're gonna make all these awesome guns, and then uh, you can go chase them. I think the last thing you want to have happen is like you go into a raid, and unless you get, uh, unless you get the absolute like adept roll or whatever, dang it, the reload is so bad. Um, then you're gonna be, then you're gonna be facing the, the uphill battle of. Well, why would I run the raid? It's only worth it if I get the curated roll. That starts to feel like the, that starts to feel like the the dilemma that they had with uh, with static rolls, right? That's the dilemma that you face with static rolls. Well, static rolls, it's not worth doing until you. It's only worth it when you get the when you get the the static roll. Well, if you go to curated rolls or adept rolls, well, now you have raid gear that like doesn't feels like it doesn't matter because if you don't get the absolute best version, you're like you're basically uninterested. And I think that's a problem. I think in general, when I go into a raid, the raid gear should on its own. It should feel pretty awesome. It should feel like this is best in class gear. This is gear that is going to change the, the way that the raid feels. Um, this is going to change the way that the, the, the game at large feels. Like raid weapons should be good everywhere, but maybe at their like absolute peak inside the raid. So adept gear in a raid, it should just be. I would just say raid gear should be at the level of adept. Is what it should feel like. If I was if I was designing raid gear, I'd be like, no, yeah, raid gear should be best in class, awesome, no question. It's great stuff. It's got amazing perks. And then within that hierarchy, I would say you have god rolls and you have you have, you know, non-god rolls or whatever. Cause that's the that's the real dilemma right now is there's no loot hierarchy when i go into a raid and i get a god roll hand cannon it's virtually interchangeable with like all the other hand cannons in the game that you know you could potentially get and that's when i think you run into problems you start to run into this feeling of like well why bother why should i play it's it's there's nothing at the upper echelons worth chasing and that's when the related to the previous question like what can they give to people to keep them playing i mean that's exactly that's exactly part of the problem right now is there's not a lot there's not a lot of reason to keep playing as a hardcore player um you just sort of end up feeling like everything is everything is static and samey it's kind of interesting like we went from static roles uh we went from static roles to you know, random roles, and we actually didn't end up getting any. It's almost like we're not in a better situation. You know, we're not in a better situation. It still feels like we hit a loot saturation to where 
every everything feels the same everything feels worthless everything feels like what's the point in chasing it and it's like that was the pro that was the same problem in the static roll system i was just going until i ran out of ammo before i went and got the flags cover two with the next question are you surprised that there doesn't seem to be an event coming that will allow us to invest our war mine bits like they did with the fractaline last season yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it was just never in the cards. Maybe they didn't want to do like the exact same style, you know, event again. I did think that was kind of weird. Uh, Demands. Considering trials is the aspirational uh, content for PvP, would it be reasonable to allow the rewards to be treated similar to raid content, delaying the sunset date? I mean, I could definitely see saying like, um, I could definitely see them saying, okay, we'll delay the sunsetting of trials by one month. I'm sorry, by one season. So when they launch new trials gear, you can go into that new era of trials and you can use your trials gear from last year. It's still good. It's still viable. But then the very next season, the old trial stuff gets sunset and the new trial stuff kind of takes hold and takes over. You know? You can buy 10 of those from the tower. Oh, I didn't know you could buy 10 of these from the tower. Who's selling these now? Oh, what's her face? Is okay. I have 50. That's plenty. Um, yeah, I forgot that you could buy them from, uh, from Hawthorne. Anyway, it's fine. I probably landed quicker anyway, because going to the tower takes a lot of time. A lot of the times. What does Luke me- Luke Smith mean by reprisal? Uh, armor that was from, uh, from destiny one. Um, uh, we're having the bitrate problem again that we were having a little bit ago so if you can hear my voice it should stabilize if chat freaks out just tell them to refresh uh, it's likely something going on on Twitch's end thankfully the dynamic bitrate feature usually keeps us pretty safe like we don't have a lot of frame drops so people are going to be like what's going on with Twitch what's happening uh, I don't understand what's going on um, it's just, I, it, this happened earlier and then it stabilized. So tell people in chat just to keep refreshing. It should stabilize again. Uh, if you can hear me, uh, it is going to be some buffer and it should, it should stabilize rather quickly. Last time it didn't take very long. Um, so, uh, great Gusso, uh, great Gusso. What if I like raid loot? Uh, the adept versions of trials loot can stay relevant for longer to further to make it. Yeah, we just had that question, like to extend its viability a little bit. So, yeah, it's fine. It already stable. It already stabilized. So, um, the buffering you guys get, but thankfully the vod won't be affected. So, this is the only problem. The dynamic, the dynamic bitrate feature is nice, and it's already stabilized. So it'll just slowly go back up. Um, something's been going on with Twitch today. From a marketing perspective, what ad, uh, what advantages do you feel Bungie saw from releasing Trials as they did? Well, from a marketing perspective, I don't think it was from... I, they did market it, but I also think it was, let's get a bunch of people playing so we can have a good test group. I really do feel like a lot of what they, a lot of what they did to bring Trials back, a lot of it was for, for testing purposes. I know people don't like hearing that, but... Um, I think that's just generally true. I think that they they wanted a good test group 
and the best way to get a test group is to get everybody excited um, and I know that's frustrating because a lot of people were like they said that they didn't want this to come out half baked uh, and they said that they wanted it to be amazing and that you know it, we, they needed to really stick the landing um, and I know that's frustrating it's like well what the frick like why did we why did we even get excited why did we even come back and um I uh, I resonate with that. I do. I it's a bummer. I don't think they should have done the they they, they shouldn't have done the video. Uh, I think the video honestly made things worse because then people kind of memed them and said, you know, you know, you guys freaking said you had to stick this landing, uh, and then you didn't. You didn't stick the landing. Um, the content is you know arguably pretty terrible. And, you know, it's, this is, this has been, I've called this like season of the hard lessons is what it feels like a lot of the times right now. Uh, It feels like they, they did their best to try to, you know, keep things, keep things going and give us things to do. But it just feels like a lot of hard lessons. Like, let's do something else like uh, Escalation Protocol and Blind Well, public space events with no, um, with no matchmaking. Let's see how that goes. And that didn't go over very well. And let's see how... Um, let's see how Trials goes with no adept weapons and that didn't go over well either um, and so I think a lot of the times whenever you're doing this you've, you've got to ask yourself is, is Bungie is Bungie testing or is this fully launched and I know people hate hearing that but a lot of the times they test things out like Menagerie was a test you know how's the community going to feel about um, how's the community going to feel about non-failable match-made, you know, six-man content? How are we going to feel about it? Um, and in general, Menagerie went over really, really well, and people loved it. But I would have, if if you would have asked me a couple years ago, like, could they do a six-man match-made environment where it's not failable? I think a lot of people have been like, I don't know about that. That doesn't sound like I'd want to play that. Like, I think people would have had their doubts. Uh, above. When do you think Destiny 3 will come out? I've been saying 2023 Superman. Uh, what are your thoughts on a possible third-party anti-cheat similar in concept to Battle Eye and Valorant's anti-cheat? I think that that's necessary in order for a free-to-play game to have PvP, especially a competitive PvP like Trials um, where, oh, I can just stand on a plate to die faster. Oh, I forgot about that. You can stand on the plates. Thank you. Um, if this version of Trials was a twi- test, why didn't Bungie say that to set expectations? I don't know. Um, I really and truly don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't just be like honest with people and say, this is not the finished product. You know, we aim to do some really big things with Trials in year four. And in order to do that, we want to launch uh, what we're calling, you know, a Trials beta. And I think people would have been, people would have memed it a little bit and been like, why do you need a beta? You, you know, it's been out of the game for, for freaking ages. What do you need a beta for? Um, and I think people would have memed it, but at least it would have been like, okay, you know, not to make excuses, but people would have been like, well, guys, I mean, it's, it's a beta. I mean, they're, they're trying to work these kinks out. It's been, it's been out of the game for a long time and they oh shoot and they you know they want to make sure it comes back right and we're going to go through this uh you know this process of of uh, of testing i part of me wonders when they made the video okay when they made the video did they know the state of trials when when they when they did that 
you know I, I don't know it just it seems to me like how could you possibly look at what you had built and thought it was gonna work like that's the question I have it, if they if they really thought it was gonna it was gonna kick off and work well I'm like I don't know where where's the team from d1 that came up with you know the where's the team from d1 that came up with the adept weapons where's that team like they they would have quickly been like no 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 no, you don't have adept weapons this isn't gonna go over very well like you've you basically taken a a fundamental quality point from d1 and it's not even in the freaking game like you got to at least have that or this isn't gonna work and that and this is why i think this is one of the reasons that we know about sunsetting now i really and truly do i think we know about sunsetting right now because they're trying to get a feel if they would have launched if they would have launched the information about uh trials early we all would have been like we all would have been like oh well uh low card farming is going to be a problem and you know, people are going to limit their loot pool for tokens, and you know, we would have had all those criticisms we'd be like, you can't do this, this isn't going to work and then I think people would have been able to get that feedback in to Bungie, and then they could have made adjustments, so that's why I'm kind of glad they're doing a lot of the info about sunsetting now so that they can make really, really good adjustments probably before then based on impulse do you think a paywall is the most uh, of the most recent expansion of Shadowkeep in order to play trials is an effective deterrent for cheaters? No, we've had this discussion a lot. I don't think a paywall is a strong enough deterrent, but I do think that'd be a better motivation for Bungie to prioritize new loot. Right now, it's hard to prioritize new loot. Like, if you call it, I called it new loot prioritization. If they're going to prioritize new loot, it needs to go into paid content, not into free content. Because... I want paying customers to feel better value transmission so that they continue to keep paying. That's good for the franchise. It's not good for the franchise to front load a bunch of great stuff in free content. Like that's not that's not a good look. That doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work. Oh man, this is great. I paid for the content and what? Like you put all that new stuff in trials and people don't even have to pay to play trials. Like I paid for the season and I didn't get you know, I, I we got what? We got this much? got that much um i think those would be those would be valid uh points of of frustration for people to say you guys need to put way more in the core game uh if we're paying money for seasons then that needs to be a very very clear value transmission and that's why i don't think that i don't think a paywall is a deterrent but i think it's a great way to say there's there's you're gonna you're gonna get really good things when you buy the season instead of you're gonna get an armor set and some guns and they're like okay but you did an armor set and guns in trials right like at the end of my video i said i don't know where trials fits into the grand picture of destiny anymore does does trials need uh do they need an update of new loot every single season I happen to think they kind of do. I don't think Trials works very well long term with the current rhythm of content. I don't think the I don't think it works. I don't think it works to only update it once a year. Well, they only updated it once a year in D1. Well, we're not in D1 anymore. The rhythm of content is so much faster. So I don't know, every other season, maybe at least every season there's accessories or or decorative items or something. I I don't think the game mode functions on a one year uh, uh, on a one year refresh, I don't. I don't think it works. Oh, but you only get one raid a year. Yeah, but the difference is, it's like 
PvE has so many other things to pursue throughout the year when I don't have a raid. I have exotics I can chase. I have god rolls I can chase. I have armor builds I can chase. Trials, that just doesn't work, I don't think. So, I don't know. For me, I think that if you're going to do trials, you got to figure out a way to update it more often. And maybe you can justify updating it more often with loot if you require people to buy the content. And uh, Kilker had a really good suggestion in between uh, today, in between the talk and the Q&A. He said, instead of requiring people to pay money to play trials, you could require people to pay money to get the loot. So it's free to play for everybody, but if you want the loot, you got to pay. It's the same way that it is now. Anybody can play Destiny, and you can go to any of the any of the planets and do any of the things, right? But if you want the new loot to drop, you have to own the season. I thought that was an absolute, like, a fantastic decision. Well, cheaters are going to buy the content anyway. Good. That's great. Bungie can make money off these idiots that just keep making accounts over and over and over again to get loot, and if they don't pay, they don't get the loot. So that hurts recoveries because then cheating recoveries, by the way, because then a cheating recovery is going to get banned and they're going to be mad that they paid to get the loot and then they're out and they got to pay again to come in and get the loot. Cheat prevention is not going to a paywall is not cheat prevention. Cheat prevention is good anti cheat. And that's why I think we need far more than that. Um, if Trials rewards were tied to the Season Pass or Expansion Pass, yet Crucible Access was free, how do you motivate non-paying players to play the game without being rewarded? It's a great and very timely question. I don't give a frick about people that don't pay money being motivated to play. That's not my concern. I don't. A five and six year old franchise? I give zero fricks about a free to play player being like, well, I don't really have any motivation to play. Well, then spend $10 or shut the frick up. Like, it's that simple. Like, if you're not going to pay, you're not going to gain the stuff. Like, that's the way that it works. I, I really don't care. Like, I want paying customers to get stuff. That's how it should work. If I'm paying money, I should get more than you. Sorry. Like, what? Is that hard to understand? And you're like, mom said I was special and argued with the teacher when I got a C, like sentimentality. Like, that's how it should work. You, 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 if you pay money, you get more. And this game is a free entry point. Um, this game has a free entry point, but it's not free to play from the bottom to the top. Jcal. Uh, how would you feel if Bungie charged $60 in September instead of 30 and with the extra $30 per person, they were able to make more quality content. Here's the biggest problem with that, J-Cal. You can't come out and say that. That's not how value transmission on a purchase works. Right? You, you can't do that. You can't say, oh, well, this is $60 so we can make more content. When you spend $60 on a brand new title, the developers aren't like, yeah, you're going to spend $60 on this brand new title and that's going to enable us to make a bunch of great DLC. They don't do that. They 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 charge you 60, you get a full game and then they do the DLC after the fact. You you can't you can't charge people more money for an expansion and then be like, "But it's going to help us make more content." No one's going to buy into that philosophy at all. If you're going to charge me 60 for September, then it better it better feel like a freaking full game. You better argue that this is basically a full game. And to be to be fair, I don't think I don't think people would go for it. I don't think they would go for it. I think people would be like, 
it's an expansion Bungie you can't charge $60 for an expansion nobody would go for that at all they would be like uh no I'm not paying $60 who's going to pay $60 for an expansion I'm not you know what I'm saying so many people would reject that they would say if I'm spending 60 it's for a brand new title it's for Destiny 3 and I know deep down we that like want tons of stuff to do would be like dude I'm willing to spend more money I've even had people say like I would spend more money to get a raid like I'd spend $10 every season extra if that got me access to a raid and I just don't think people would go for that kind of um, segmented versions of purchase Inazuma Yaba. Uh, hey, Lono, what do you think of the phone authentication method for Warzone? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit ago, and I think that that would be, you know, that could, that could work and it would be totally fine. Um, mm, my wife is at the butcher. Oh. Or, well, she's not there anymore. She went to the butcher. Um, Delta. Do you feel that Bungie is walking a close line of pay to win at the season pass players being able to do more and focus on redacted engrams? Nope, it's been this way for six years. It's been this way for five years. If I buy the content, I get more loot than you. Sorry. It's not pay to win. People don't understand pay to win. Pay to win is I go in and purchase an in-game advantage. That is pay to win. And then you establish a meta around that that paid advantage, and then everybody feels like they have to go and buy that gun. Pay to win is not me buying the DLC and getting loot. That's not pay to win. This is just a juvenile understanding of pay to win. Pay to win is come and buy this weapon from the Eververse, and it's two tapping in the Crucible. And now, because it's so strong, you feel you have to purchase it because it's literally winning gunfights with money, right? It's a two tap. Of course, you're going to win all those gunfights. It's faster TTK. And then the only way you can compete in the Crucible is you got to go and buy that weapon. That's scummy, and that's not what this is. This is, oh, you want access to the content with all the new loot? Yeah, it costs money. It's always been that way. When you bought, when when you bought um, Black Armory and you could grind for a Kindled Orchid, was that pay to win? You had to buy Black Armory in order to get Kindled Orchid. Was that pay to win? Anytime they've had a season or a DLC where there's there's exotics, is that pay to win? No. If you think that's pay to win, with respect, you don't understand pay to win. Your your ignorant position is irrelevant. That's not pay to win. Pay to win is the purchase of power, not the purchase of new loot. And we're not even purchasing the loot. We're purchasing a DLC or a season pass where we can grind or get the new loot. That's not pay to win. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of the term. People throw it around because they're just giving themselves away as just like an internet dirty word user. Like, well, pay to win or or predatory are in vogue dirty words to throw at you know developers when they do something I don't like. And so it's pay to win. Or, oh, it's... Uh, it's predatory. How is it predatory or pay to win? And then they can't tell you. They're just like, it just is. You know, asserting asserting the assertion is true because the assertion is true. It's, it's called circular reasoning. Uh, next question. With the Rageous Roundtable with Drewski, it showed the sentiment of not having to, a practice queue for Sunset of Gear with a new playlist. We've already addressed the power-enabled playlist that would help, and I think we came up with a pretty good idea that during the week, one of the competitive playlists would be power-enabled. Um, I knew I was going to die. So that's how I would do it. 
Superboy. Should year four trials gear have unique perks you can't get anywhere else? I mean, that's kind of the spirit behind an adept weapon. Uh, and grats. With the theory of year four kicking off with a bit with a bang loot wise, do you think next season will be bare bones? No, I think summer is setting up September. Now, I don't think you're going to have a bunch of weapons in the summer, though. I think it's going to be about a 25 to 30 weapon injection, couple exotics, armor sets, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then a unique armor set in Grandmaster, I think, is coming. But I don't think, I don't think that they're going to be like, hey, th- you know, there's a hundred weapons this summer. No, I think the big loot injection is going to happen um, in, in September. Um, mainly because of the theory that I think is a sound theory. The more we've talked about it, the more we've analyzed it. I think that the um, the planned sequel. Oh my gosh, I got baked. The planned sequel that 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 we didn't get is is the is the basis and foundation uh, for um, for September. Twenty five weapons a summer. I don't know about that. We got twenty seven this season. What are you talking about? We got like 20, we got like 27 or 28 or something last season, like 25 or 27 or something this season. We've been averaging about the same number of weapons each season. You think we're going to get more than that praise or less? I mean, goodness gracious, if we got that many this season, I would think that they would do the same thing next season at the, at the very least. Uh, to Sukum, what do you think of Trials Year armor being like armor that changes? Uh progressively through the season like your idea with armor getting more dope oh, i love that idea i i said that the the base level armor we get with the annual reset at the vendors um i said that i feel like that should be something that evolves over the year so by the time you're done with year four like the vanguard armor would be so freaking awesome like you, you every season you would upgrade it and, and get new ornaments to change it and update it um, I think that'd be dope. That'd be so dope. Because then after the end of the year, the Vanguard armor would be like, oh man, this stuff's awesome. This is this looks really, really good. And I know people would be like, well, wouldn't it get sunset at the end of the year? And I guess that stands in the way of that idea. Um, maybe base level armor just doesn't need to be sunset because it might be limited or something. I don't know. Oh, you guys, you could transmog it. You could transmog the ornamentation. That would work. I think transmog's, you know, there to save all that investment you know you made that armor look amazing you spent that whole year grinding for it and yeah now you got to kind of get rid of it but the good news is you can transmog it so if you want to keep looking like that fully invested year four vanguard armor set or fully invested uh year four wow she got me again the you know year four year you know year year four crucible set or whatever no transmog no there is transmog it's coming it's already been announced what are you talking about uh, M3PO I know you're not a fan of matchmaking and trials can you elaborate on the reasons you dislike the idea I think the very very upper echelons of content not having matchmaking like super hard nightfalls or raids or trials uh, helps protect the identity of the game mode and it would get diluted if you added matchmaking um, I just don't think it's designed for that I don't think it's designed for you know half your games on the card to be a, a bunch of match made teams 
that were super, super easy. I think that dilutes the game mode and the prestige of going flawless. Oh, well, you could have a match-made playlist and a non-match-made playlist. Yes, and that would quickly devolve into, oh, that's the sweaty playlist. This is the casual playlist. And you'd have less people playing in the match-made playlist. So forming a team would make it feel like you're at a disadvantage because it would take forever to find games and it'd be way less people playing. Um, and I, I just I don't think that would be a good idea. Um, I think that that would ultimately, again, hurt the game mode. Because Trials is meant to be like almost like a miniature tournament. You, you advance only if you win, and it gets harder the more you advance. You tend to face tougher teams the more you advance. And I just don't think the identity of a mode that functions in that way, I just don't feel like that works if you're constantly shoving people in that have zero communication and zero synergy and they're just freaking, you know, they're just cannon fodder. Um, uh, Griffinar says, how would Bungie deal with old loot uh, in Trials Pool since it be sunsetted? Yeah, we already dealt with the old loot idea. Um, The idea being that you could probably just buy it from Saint-14. Dark skills is required as long as you're playing trials and getting the tokens. I think that that's fine. I think that that's totally fine uh, to do that. Excuse me, sorry about that. Is requiring the season pass purchase for trials enough to to justify the new stuff without increasing the price of the pass? I think so. Uh, Fawkeye says, do you think that the separate season pass segment would work? For instance, PvP would have its own XP bar separate from PVE content. I mean, I don't know how much they want to do more with the season pass about like adding stuff to it or having PvP stuff to it. I mean, again, you there's only so much they can do every couple of months. So, Crusader, do you think even with the gear updates to trials, the inclusions of sunsetting would negate its effects? Um, no, sunsetting does not negate the effects of adding better loot. Sunsetting enables them to add better loot. Like again, this is just a misunderstanding of like what sunsetting's going to do. People just really overstate it. After a year, if you're unwilling to try and go for new weapons or change your loadout, I, I don't understand why you're playing Destiny. I think that in that stubbornness stems from a, uh, a narrow perspective on the game that's not shared um, by most of the player base. Um, I don't know. I don't think most of the player base is like refusing to use new loot. I think it's a PvP, high-end PvP mentality that is, you know, shared by people and obviously people feel it. But again, if this game is meant to persist and persist in loot motivation, you can't you can't let people use the same loot for forever. It just simply doesn't work. You end up in the situation we're in now, a hamstrung loot pool that's choking itself to death. Uh the season pass is already a paywall for seasonal loot. Adding trials gear behind the season pass isn't a bridge too far. Again, that's what I mean. Like, if you want the Warmind guns this season, you can get a really good shotgun with Vorpal. I saw them in the tournament. I saw guys using this shotgun with Vorpal for super shutdowns, right? If you want that shotgun, you gotta buy this season. Is that pay to win? Like, no. Anybody who claims that's pay to win is just an ignorant axe grinder. Uh, Largo. Would it be reasonable to have prior season's trials weapons drop for free-to-play players and save the new stuff for pass holders? Um, I could probably get behind that, sure, as long as they're playing trials. Uh, pecan banana or pecan, pecan, pecan? Is it pecan? I never know how to say this. Pecan pie. It's pecan, right? Anyway, pecan banana. Do you think Bungie can handle weapon sunsetting? Do you trust them to create tons of new loot? 
uh, that's balanced? Not really a question. This is a, do you think Bungie can do it question, which I don't like these questions. I can't give you a substantive answer, right? Do you think Bungie's going to just totally flop and fail? Yep. The game's already dead in the water. I can see into the future. Lightly. Would you agree that one constant weakness of Destiny is the amount of loot, even though there's plenty of content? Uh, would you hope for a higher focus of incentivization in the content and the repeatable, like example, like adventures? Oh, in existing content to be repeatable. Well, you know, somebody brought this up earlier. Like, what do you do for like, what do you do for the people that, you know, are, you know, more, uh, you know, maybe more hardcore and they, they play and they play and they play and they play and they play. Okay. Here's the thing. They can't legislate loot saturation and grind around people that play for 10 hours a day. We know this. We know this isn't possible. But what they can do is they can stagger incentivization. And if they stagger incentivization, I think that's when you get it right. If you put in the time, you could get the absolute best gear. Or if you put in the time in Grand Masters, you could get this amazing, unique armor set. Okay? Now, that's not going to motivate the bottom rung. They're like, I'm not going to go for that. They've tried to do this with titles, right? I think if you could give that semblance of a title in the form of armor, which it sounds like that's what they're going to do. They ripped out the Eververse armor and they're shoving it into aspirational loot uh, next season. That sounds to me like they're they're sort of personifying a title. It's like, if you see somebody in that armor set, you're going to know what they did. I, I, I do I think that's I think that's a decent way to keep those hardcore players in it engaged and then also just accepting the fact that it's okay if hardcore players get to the end of a season and take a couple week break or a month long break or they play less the final month I think Bungie's okay with that and they should be okay with that they they should be okay with that and the reason they should be okay with that is I think that's just healthy and normal there's, I don't think there's a scenario where hardcore players l- never take a break 365 days a year. They wanted to avoid droughts, not, you know, ever, ever taking a break from the game for all time for eternity. You know what I'm saying? Why do you think people say D2 is not competitive when trials and raid races are a thing? Well, when people say it's not competitive, okay, there's two different definitions of competitive. Okay. Trials is competitive in that it is a highly competitive environment. It's highly competitive. It's not competitive in the realm of when you make a competitive shooter, it is from the bottom to the top built for balance, like Valorant or like Overwatch or CSGO. So sometimes I think the word competitive gets used and people are like, I don't understand. This is competitive. Like trials is a competitive mode. It's hard, right? It's a competitive uh, form of Destiny Crucible. I think that it just gets used interchangeably a little bit and then people don't really understand. Like, I don't understand. How can you say this is not competitive? It literally is. And I don't disagree with you, but a lot of the times when you hear people say Destiny's not competitive, they're not meaning that it doesn't have a competitive feel or competitive modes where you go in and it's hard and it's a competition um, or like you can't have uh, you know tournaments or something you watch those G1 tournament that the, the G1 tournament that I cast I mean that was that was crazy competitive it was awesome right but it's not a competitive game competitive can also be sort of a genre title. 
I would say Fortnite is not competitive. Fortnite has had some of the biggest esports tournaments and earnings ever, but Fortnite's not competitive. It isn't built to be a balanced, competitive game. It's a, it's like a, it's like a faux esport. It's like a fake esport. It's like a faux hawk. It's like it wants to be a mohawk, but it's not. That's how I would, that's how I would phrase it. Um, uh, says the makers behind Perfect Aim said that if Bungie uses Vanguard, it would fix the problem. Why do you think Bungie doesn't do this? No idea. I don't work there. I have no idea. Espini, are you expecting a raid dungeon or some glorified public event next season? Uh, no raid. Maybe a secret dungeon for an exotic. Um, glorified public event? I certainly freaking hope not. Faded Titan. Why do you think people were unhappy about repurposed trials gear when a large portion have been wanting repurposed iron banner gear for so long you have to remember that if there are people in the community that were excited about the reprised trial stuff there's also people that will always be like reskin reskin like those people are a constant that's why I don't really listen to them anymore I don't care about their perspective their perspective is not one that's rooted in a love for the game their perspective is I saw a really, really good blog post. I think it was Roger Ebert who talked about people who are a fan of fandom. They are not a fan of the thing that they're a fan of. It was really, really, in- it was so insightful into people that are, they're more of a fan of being a fan and they're ravenous and mean and toxic and hateful about Star Wars and everything else. And I loved, I loved that paragraph. It was so, it was so insightful, okay? The, um, it was, it was very, very insightful because the, there are people on the Destiny subreddit and the forums and they come here every day and they are just pathetic individuals. They are just pathetic individuals. They lack power and they lack a sense of satisfaction in their real life and so they have turned their love for the game into a ravenous just axe grinding they tow the party line and they are an ever present nuisance they're an ever present nuisance they they're, they corrupt and hijack everything they corrupt and they hijack uh conversations about the game and threads they're just a nuisance they never say anything new it's just hey i'm here to comb over the content and say oh it's a reskin it's they never say anything new now you'll go to the subreddit and you'll find extremely thoughtful and intelligent posts and they're they're so well written and they're so thoughtful but then there's always those people waiting in the wings to be like game sucks nothing but reskins all Bungie does is fail the game is drowning and dying and like that's their contribution they're just a nuisance they're not even a fan of the game anymore they're not it's like the people that they're a fan of being a fan of, of Star Wars or Star Trek and they're ruthless and cruel and mean to anybody who disagrees with them and they, they over-criticize anything that comes out, right? And then, the same thing happens in Destiny. It's like, they, 
they basically just turn it into a weapon. They weaponize fandom as a way to be just sort of feel powerful about something. Like there's some idyllic version of Destiny that once existed that has been demolished. And it's like, when have you ever played Destiny and had the things that you're talking about? You know what I mean? If the sentiment is growing, that's worth noting. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe sometimes it's good for people just to leave and never come back and be like, that's fine. Your expectations will never be met. And there's new players coming in every day. And there's, there's a groundswell of people who always play. I mean, sometimes it maybe is good for people just to go out to pasture and never come back. And also franchise fatigue is a thing. How many people are on the forums or Reddit or Twitter just being negative, not nasty and toxic. They're just being negative. They're unhappy. And some of that could be just basic garden variety franchise fatigue, you know? Are you gatekeeping right now? No, I'd be happy to define that. That's another internet dirty word. So (laughs) that's another internet dirty word that you clearly don't know what it means. So I appreciate you asking if I'm gatekeeping though. Uh, straight sword. What do you think we will see regarding to adept gear and when? I I don't know, but probably in season 13. Do you think Destiny would benefit from skill-based perk system such as the one in Borderlands 3 for both weapons and armor? I don't think there's a reason to discuss completely different gear systems and perk systems because we're never going to get them, so why waste time talking about it? Uh, Despos. Why do you think people say D2 is not competitive? You already submitted that. Kaj Gaming. What do you think uh, the driving force needs to be to bring casual players back into trials? The same thing um, the, the same thing that they did in D1 is really, really accessible gear through bounties or tokens. I hate the toxic, I hate to be toxic, but you're literally telling people they have no valid concern and should go away, but you do you. No, that's literally not what I said. See, now what you're doing is, is a fallacy of straw man. You're falsely summarizing my argument so you can portray it in a negative way, which is a sign that you're bad at argumentation or listening or both. I did not say that. Right? I did not say that. I said that there are a portion of all communities, all fandom communities, have a portion of the community that are a negative, axe-grinding, ever-present nuisance and sometimes it's okay for those people to go away. Gatekeeping is saying, well, your your opinion's not relevant unless you play as much as me. That's gatekeeping. You don't have a relevant opinion on Destiny. You don't play as much as I do. That's gatekeeping. I'm not gatekeeping. I'm saying they're an ever-present nuisance. It doesn't matter what Bungie releases. It doesn't matter how much content they come out. There are people who show up and literally they parrot the same criticisms and the same complaints every single time something comes out. Their opinion has become a constant and therefore matters significantly less than the thoughtful post that goes down into the depths and in the, in the, in the mire of a system and why they don't like it. There's a significant difference between the person. There's a big difference between Cami and Drewski intelligently breaking down why they are not a fan of sunsetting, why they think it's going to be a problem, and some ignoramus on the Reddit forums. It's like, they're going to just take our gear away and resell it to us. This is just a cash grab. Bleh. We'd be better if that person went away. They're not contributing to the conversation. They probably don't even play the game. They're just an ever-present, destiny-hating nuisance. 
That's what I was talking about. And if that's gatekeeping, that's fine. We don't need that garbage in the conversation. They're not contributing. They're a nuisance. I hate to break it to you, and I know this upsets the all opinions are valid sentimentality. No, they're not. All opinions are not valid. Some opinions are garden variety, ignorant stupidity. Th- that That's a fact. That's not elitism. I'm not trying to act like I'm in the elite echelon of like Gnosticism. Not all opinions are equally valid. You can have a really dumb and ignorantly informed opinion. Like, you can literally say things that are false. So no, not all opinions are valid. Well, I don't like sunsetting because they're just going to take my gear away from me and try to sell it back to me. Okay? That opinion's not as valid as Drewski's opinion. Okay? Drewski's opinion I hold in a higher regard and esteem even though I disagree with him at some points I hold his opinion in a much higher regard than some drone on the internet spewing stupid stuff (laughs) they're not even saying anything that's true what's the point of even listening to them and I know people repackage everything I just said because it upsets their their insecurities and they're like that guy says that if people don't agree with him they're just ignorant and wrong nope I've actually never said that I don't agree with a lot of people in this community but that doesn't mean I disagree that I just that I dismiss them as ignorant and wrong I don't agree with Destin from Fireteam chat about it. I don't. I didn't agree with Drewski uh, or Cami on some of the things they were saying on Twitter. But I don't say they're ignorant and wrong. I don't dismiss them. I don't do that. I had a back and forth with them. Respect their opinion. Talk about why their opinions are actually intelligently worded and logical. And actually, there is some validity to their concerns. And hopefully, Bungie does things to mitigate those concerns. That's not the same as dismissing an opinion that is literally ignorant and stupid. Like, there's a big, giant difference. And people are just insecure, and the minute somebody disagrees with them strongly or dismisses their opinion, they get really, really upset and accuse you of arrogance. That's very dismissive, though. I don't give a frick. I'll be dismissive as much as I want to stupid and ignorant opinions. They deserve to be dismissed. They're not helpful. They're a distraction. They're usually parroted by trolls and haters. I, I don't give table to stupidity. Why should I? <laughs> Why should I give table to people that are wrong or, or, or misrepresenting something? That's a waste of time and energy. Give table to it? Why? Of course I'm going to dismiss it. I literally come here with hot takes that no one agreed with and literally said, you can think that way. He's never attacked people unless it's actually a stupid take. That's my point is my biggest problem is we waste so much time debating people that are literally saying things that just aren't even true. It's like, it's just such a waste of energy. Next question from uh, Pure36. I only see a loot problem in trials for console. Do you think farming normal gear should be easier and worth the grind? Flawless is being changed to be more worth it, but should just playing be worthy? I, I have always said that the early game earn rate should be totally fine, and then the late game content should be adept. That solves the issues. Um, that solves the issues. As long as you're making adept weaponry, you shouldn't have a problem with people going in and being uh, motivated to play. And then if you're wanting to go up and go flawless, you have a really strong, you know, motivation to do that. 
And when you do that, you keep people out of the bottom echelons of the card, no low card farming, and you keep people playing. So, like, Adept Weaponry solves so many problems, and I think that's one of the real, real keys to uh, the structure of the content, is to be, you can get loot from bounties or tokens, and then there's much better versions, or maybe not much better, but there's Adept versions flawless. They look different, they have an intrinsic perk, you know what I'm saying? The Manchu. Do you think that one year life cycle of the proposed trials armor will be enough to satiate the PvP crowd? I've already talked about this multiple times in this Q&A. I don't think one year is enough. I think that's out of step with the rhythm of the game right now. They did it once a year in D1, but it was a much different content rhythm back then. Um, the Spastic says... Do you think Bungie proposed trials changes with will be enough to incentivize players to return to trials? What do you think Bungie will be making it so players can direct purchase that week's gear once it's required? I already talked about how Saints should sell the retired stuff. I think this summer's in danger. If they can't really do a good job with the um, with the cheaters, then it's there's a big problem. They're going to face a big, big problem, I think. Um... I don't think their proposed changes are going to be enough to reinvigorate the player the player pool. The only thing I could see happening in the summer is it's just a bunch of casuals grinding out for gear they couldn't get this season, and that's fine. But I think they're going to run into a lot of cheaters, and that's the that's the real fear that I have. It, the, the real fear that I have is if they can't get cheating, if they can't rain it to the ground, you're going to bring all the casuals back and be like, hey, you can finally get the gear you couldn't get last season, and then they're going to all run into cheaters and be like, well, this freaking sucks. Now, I know that's only on PC, but it's still a concern. Pure 36. Based on Bungie's new ideas of making more powerful gear, which I believe will happen, how much could this affect endgame PvP, ruin or enhance? I still think there are guardrails and base level balance decisions they're going to have to make. I talked about that earlier. To be fair, I don't think you're going to see a lot of ingenuity and innovation in the Crucible because there's you just can't there's not much you can do there. It's still going to be three taps and basic level TTK and certain levels of range on shotguns and stuff. Like, there's only so much you can do in Crucible. But in PvE, you can do Osmosis, you can do Warmind Cells, you can do Trench Barrel, you can do One-Two Punch, you can do Elemental Perks like Firefly. I just... There's so much more you can do in the realm of PvE for combat innovation. I mean, just the champion system alone adds a layer of combat that's never been there before. You just can't do that in the Crucible. So I don't think they're going to go crazy and break Crucible. I really don't. Do you think that trials weapons should be the best in class meta weapons or best in class off meta weapons to get people to try other weapons? I don't think this is a this is a good dichotomy. I could see it being, you know, having a mix of both off meta and on meta best in class weapons. I don't want Bungie to intentionally be like, oh, it's a bunch of off meta weapons, and then it's really, really hard to take them into non-power enabled modes. Hobbit Spartan. With the current trials gear being able to transmog to future gear in general or just future trials gear? Armor is transmogable going forward in year four. If you love the way it looks, you can unlock transmog with silver or with in-game effort. We don't have any more detail uh, than that. Wheezy, with Bungie mentioning the possibility of adept mods, do you foresee aspirational content like raid weapons and armor as well as adept trials having adept mod slots if it happens? I would hope so. My only concern here would be... I like the idea of all armor in like all armor having an adept mod slot. I'm okay with it having that. Why? 
because if I have to go and grind the activity to get the adept mods, then I can wear the armor that I want, okay? I think transmog takes that problem away though, so I'm okay with having to run raid armor in order to get like the raid adept slot to use the raid adept mod. Does that make sense? So like if I get the raid armor and then I want to run the adept raid mod, but I don't like the way the armor looks, transmog enables me to change its appearance. So I think transmog helps with this. Cuz they didn't like the idea of you feeling like you had to run raid armor. They didn't like that, so that's why they did the raid mods instead. They didn't do intrinsic raid perks. They did they did the the mods. So a raid mod slot is kind of like an intrinsic raid perk. You have to run the raid armor in order to get the raid perk benefits. So I'm kind of like that's that's going back a little bit on that principle that they've outlined. So they got to make sure it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's too uh, limiting. Five gifted subs from No Hobo for you guys. Check chat. You may have gotten gifted a sub, and then Tropic Big Bro, thank you for four months of subs. JV Dubs. What if they use a menagerie-style slotted rune to have people aim for higher card wins, like a win after five could allow for targeted weapon uh, rewards? I actually really like this. I think they could iterate on loot intentionality and trials. Uh, Astacross said, why not let it be like the end of um, Sundial? You get to the end of Sundial and you can pick what you want. Why not let people do that in trials? Um, Maybe their first flawless of the weekend, they just get a random, and then after that they can pick. Um, I don't know. Something like that. I think loot intentionality in trials needs to be addressed. You gotta be careful. You don't want people getting literally like every single good thing (laughs) the first weekend. Maybe limit how many items are in the chest, and then at the very end of the season you can just start going crazy and get everything that you need. But again, if they're only updating trials gear once a year, Bungie has to be very careful to maintain longevity and relevancy. Darth Jader with three months. Thank you. Jackaturo, with regards to the possible adept mod slot or raid mod weapon slot that was mentioned in the previous TWAB, should those mods be actively specific or are there issues with them being viable in all pinnacle content? You gotta be careful here because you don't want somebody going flawless and then that makes them like better or god tier or whatever everywhere like in-game advantages are fine if they're contextual and they're limited and I think that's why everybody likes celerity Bungie's got to be really careful with this because you don't want the rich to get richer oh wow you you know you, you went flawless and got awesome guns and armor and now it's a lot harder to play against you in the crucible so you end up with like this top heavy player base where the people at the top are even harder to beat fuzzy epic muffin Favorite trials weapon you would like to see repurposed and brought back? I don't really answer these types of questions. I mean, I always liked Doctrine because I'm an auto rifle guy. Considering the PS4 and Xbox make a larger percentage of the player base, how do you think the factors in with fixing cheating, if at all? Uh, it should be a huge deal to them because the PC player base was way bigger uh, before December. We started we started losing the war with player saturation around December, so that should matter a lot to Bungie free to play games are more popular and more engaged with at a PC level so losing a huge portion of the PC audience like when people see the the crucible numbers going down they're like oh my gosh it's mostly PC (laughs) it is so that's a big concern 
that's why I said it's a blemish on the franchise. Like you had all these people playing and then they just, they've slowly left mostly on PC. There is a reason for that. And so recapturing those players, I think is actually very important. You can't be like, well, we got a lot of people on console. Yeah. And you lost a lot of people on PC. Uh, Bowie Bazinga with question number 69. Nice. Hey, Lona, with the changes coming to trials, will Bungie continue with the token system and building on that, or are they possibly moving towards the D1, D2 systems with bounties? I actually think the hybrid system they outlined in the TWAB is great. There's a bounty that removes the win requirement, and then you can spend all your tokens. Tokens, in my mind, are superior for people with only one character or people that only prefer to play on one character. They can stay on that character all weekend long, okay and then they're able to continue to spend those tokens endlessly as opposed to being like well i'm out of bounties time to stop playing i just don't think that works i think adept i think adept weapons um i think adept weapons and tokens can function in a very very good way you want lots of casuals lots of casuals in the game and in the game mode it's good for the player pool and adept weapons is a good motivator for hardcore players it's a good good harmonious system so um there was another question in chat that should Bungie add no adept guns as part of the free to play but the adept if you get the premium season pass I actually think Kilker's suggestion is better. Anybody can play Trials, but all of the new loot is is you got to own the content. Just like you can run around the public space and do stuff in Destiny, but you can't get any of the new guns or armor if you don't hold the Season Pass. It's the same idea. Anybody can play Trials, so you maintain a healthy player pool number, but if you want the loot, you got to have the Season Pass. That's not pay to win. That's just the last five years of Destiny. You can play the game, you can keep playing the game, but if you want the new stuff, if you want the new raid, if you want to go into the new places, if you wanted the stuff from Black Armory, you had to own Black Armory. You could keep playing, it'd be the same idea in my mind. So, don't go anywhere, we're about to go finish this quest, and apparently the lore is really, really cool, I went and got all the thousand kills or whatever. Uh, If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always come in live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.